Welcome to Think Like a Penguin, The Art of Flying. This is the podcast to help you think outside the box, live more confidently against the grain and become your more authentic self. Penguins don't traditionally fly, but what's to say they won't one day? Welcome back, everybody. You are in for a treat today. I have Clara Hurst, beautiful Clara Hurst, sat in front of me. We're in the booth and we're going to talk all things business, um, empowering people, positive impact, being at the top of your game in your industry. Clara, I'm going to get you to introduce yourself because I don't really know much about you, but I'm really excited to find out more about you because I know of you and your presence and your achievements Um, but let's get a bit more personal today and find out more about you so if you can introduce yourself please thank you so much for having me live it's a pleasure to be here it's an honor to be here Um, so my name's Clara Hurst I live in Perth like you do in uh, Western Australia I own two businesses Um, one is a clinic called Blanc Skin Mm -hmm. which is located in Cottesloe and I have a team of 20 people there, and we do um, just general beauty and cosmetic treatments, cosmetic injectables, facials, laser treatments, etc. And um, separate to that, I also own a skincare um, company, and we provide prescription skincare um, globally, direct to consumer. Um, aside from that, I'm a mum of two. I have a, a 10-year-old girl and a six-year-old boy. And I guess my passions are really, I I love business and I love Mm. um, being, I suppose, an entrepreneur and inspiring other people, helping other people. That's what drives me. Um, More than personal success, I like more team success and and helping other people achieve the same thing. So that brings me a lot of happiness. Um, And in my personal life, it's just the general thing, spending time with my family, traveling and and um, yeah, socialising. Enjoying the fruits yeah. of your labour because I'm sure that's there's many fruits. <laughs> that's what we all work for. I mean, that's what I work for anyway, yes. so that I can enjoy my time off. Of course. And have, you know, be able to do, have, have free time with my family and kind of balance the whole um, uh, work and personal time. Yeah, perfect. Can we take it right back? Because I'm sure, or maybe not, maybe when you were younger, you know, you're at school and everyone's sort of saying, what are you going to be? What do you want to do? What, how are you going to, you know, make a life for yourself? Did mm-hmm. you envisage where you are now? Did you have that vision? Or have you always had this kind of entrepreneurial streak? How did you get from a teenage girl at school? Where did you go to school to start with? And then to here? Okay. Um, so I'll give you the background a little bit. Um, I was born in Paris I grew up in Spain. I'm from Spain. My oh parents gosh, I had are Spanish. No idea. Yeah. So both my That's parents, fantastic. my whole family is Spanish. In fact, when I did my DNA test that I was telling you about, it came back 100% Spanish. There was oh, not wow. one fleck or anything else. Yeah. So oh. both my parents are Spanish, all my family. So I grew up there. And then when I was uh, 14, I went to live in the UK on my own. Not, I was going to say, not by yourself. Yeah. Why? Yeah. To oh learn, my gosh, you to grew learn up English. Up. Um, because oh. I didn't speak any English and my parents wanted me to learn. And oh, so they sort of said, right, off you go. It wasn't yeah. like you went skipping across no, the border. No, I didn't mind. I quite oh. wanted to go. I thought it was quite exciting and something yeah. different to do. So I went to live with a host family and um, and then I studied in England and I went to university in England. Can I ask which school, which sub, which area? Obviously, So I initially I lived in the north of England. I went yeah. to school called Holcross, um, which is just a normal comp. Yeah. Um, so I went from going to a lovely private school in Spain to go to yeah. a general comp. It was wild. A bit of a shock. It was a shock, but it was they good. Like it they was had really good. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, 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 yeah. And then I moved to London, went to university at King's College. And, oh, nice. um, yeah. and then so on, and, and then eventually moved here. Um, but I guess um, for me as a, as a child, and this is pretty much how I am now, I wouldn't say I've, I would envision what I have now or, or the lifestyle I have now or the, or the job I have now, but I definitely was very, very focused on achieving the lifestyle that I wanted. So I yeah. always knew that I wanted to go from here to here. I didn't necessarily know early on which, which career path I was going to take, mm-hmm. but I always had it very clear in my mind since I was probably eight right. that 
I wanted a certain life. It's not even a lifestyle, but I knew I wanted to enjoy my life. Mm-hmm. I, di- I knew I didn't want to sort of work in an office all day long and then mm-hmm. get home late. And then, you know, I, I knew what I wanted and I kind of started plotting what would get me there. And, and did you have exposure to an adverse life or a hardship or anything? Because often self-made millionaires or very successful business people have had an experience of um, not having enough or having lost a lot of money, their parents or something. Did you have any exposure to that or it's just a drive you've always My had? parents worked a lot. Okay. Um, my mum is the most driven person I know. Okay. Um, she's got a few degrees and, um, you know, has been director of companies and she's a professor of physiology at Oxford half of the time she's very driven and very educated and education was very important to her she was very pushy as a parent my parents were extremely extremely pushy and I don't necessarily agree with that but it (laughs) seemed to work I mean it's worked with you yeah but it works if you wanted to work because they had four children didn't necessarily work for all four of them so I don't think that your parents pushing you super hard is what will get you the success I think that sometimes is in you what how much yes. you want to do and how you respond to it some children respond better to a different approach yeah this whether it worked because they pushed me or because I already had it in me I don't know I was very I was very driven yeah. from a really young age so I knew what I wanted to achieve I knew that if I wanted to get from A to B I had to go through certain steps I knew that mm. um, so it was more for me plotting which route I was going to take. And I do think about those things a lot. For me, I can't have an open-ended future. I, I like to know what the next step is. I like to be prepared. I like to, I don't like to wing it when it comes to life mm. or career or work. Um, socially, yes. but um, So I basically went and thought through which jobs would give me the lifestyle I want which careers would I enjoy that are not... I I knew I didn't want to be in an office all day. Mm -hmm. I knew I didn't want to be maybe outside all day. Mm -hmm. Um, I was very arty, um, Mm -hmm. but I also love science, so what can I mix? So I really did think it through, and I knew I had to go through certain stages to get to what I wanted. And for me, my achievement is I love having time off. Like, I love spending time with my kids and doing things that I enjoy and with my friends. You work to live instead of live to work, which is... Yeah, correct. I, I enjoy what I do, but for me, like for like, I don't work outside school hours. I only work school hours yeah. because I want to pick up my kids. And have you kind of that been in the plan? So obviously when you first start out, you can't just choose to work a casual five-hour day because yeah. you're never going to get your business off the ground. But was that always the focus is to get to a point before I have children to be able to have an established business that I can walk away from it at? 3.15 or whenever the kids need to yeah, be collected. Yeah, definitely. And um, I worked really hard for the... F- I mean, I still work really hard now, but yes. in different ways. Yeah. Um, I work around my children now, mm-hmm. which is different. Yeah. Um, b- before, when I didn't have children, I could work 12-hour days and it was no problem. Yeah. Um, I ha- didn't have to let anyone down. Um, so definitely, I think, is really important. And, and not just from age 20, but I did that from age... 12, you know, I worked really hard at school and then I worked really hard to push the next goal and the next goal and the next goal. So I always had that in mind, the end goal. And, and I feel really happy and content with what I have and the situation that I have, that I can take the time off. But when I'm at work, I work really hard. Yeah. The hours that I work, I do my 12 hours in, in the six hours, you know. Yeah. What I mean? It's really inspiring to hear that you had a vision and you knew what you wanted to, where you wanted to get to. But you took it on yourself as a responsibility for yourself. There's certain people that will go, I want to have a lavish lifestyle, so I'll just marry someone rich. Mm. You know, that the fact that it was, I want that, so therefore I have to put in the hours, I have to take the responsibility, I have to make it happen, mm. is probably the difference between why you are such a self-made success and why there's many people probably... And I'm obviously not going to call anyone help, but there's people in the kind of Western suburbs that are probably enjoying a very similar lifestyle to you, but that's because they've married into it or they've mm. just inherited taken a different way or inherited it. Yeah, so really awesome to find someone that is just 
determined to do it on their own. Yeah, thank um, you. I yeah. suppose that's because I, I was probably the least spoiled child in the world. The least spoiled. <laughs> the least spoiled. Yes. So my parents didn't spoil us at all. Oh, um, I love this because this uh, is my approach to children and I have to be careful no, I but say. Too harsh, <laughs> yeah. too harsh. And that's not, that's not what I, I think now gratitude. do with my children, by the way. I now, because I didn't get spoiled and I missed out on so many things, mm. I then have this kind of rebound thing that I... Sometimes overcompensate, and I try really hard not to, but it's really difficult for me because I want to give them all the things that I didn't get. But definitely it did help me, and I I, I recognize that that was part of the success. It comes from that. My parents definitely provided for me in terms of um, education, and that was a focus I did not. They would send me anywhere I wanted to go, study anything I wanted, paid for any books, any course, willingly, university in another country, overseas, very Mm -hmm. expensive, gladly pay for all of those but if I asked them for like one dollar to go out with my friends or to buy clothes or anything like that they would absolutely say no you want that if you want that you can pay for that yourself so I had three jobs similar yeah I started working at the age of 12 and because I'm a bit taller maybe I looked older than my age because you're not legally supposed to work at 12 no I was (laughs) was selling this kind of like raffle ticket at the rugby club and then all the other kind of jobs and it was the same as soon as we started earning money I've got two sisters all treated the same well that's your money you Mm. can now buy the presents for the kids who you go to their parties or you can buy oh wow that is harsh (laughs) yeah 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 but it's really taught me the value of hard work yeah appreciation I do feel that some children these days don't necessarily realise how lucky they are, fortunate. Yeah, including mine. Granted. Including mine. Yeah, by the way. Yeah. yeah, which is a which is a tricky a tricky lesson to teach. You don't want to deprive children. You mm. don't want them to feel like there's scarcity, but you do want to enable them to experience gratitude and go. Oh, actually, I'm really lucky that I get this beautiful home cooked meal or this new pair of shoes or this prime drink that is so fashionable. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, days. and that you know you can. You can teach it, but um, and I do try to, but you uh, you are supposed to model that, and I don't always. Yeah. I sometimes kick myself and go, God, I, you know, I give them too much. Why did I take them on this holiday and that but holiday? you love them, and you want well, them to have the best life. So. And it's not just that. It's because also, a little bit selfishly, I want to go on that holiday. Of course. I don't want to miss out. Yes. So then they come along and they also enjoy. And to be fair, they are pretty, most of the time, they're pretty grateful. Um, not always. Yeah, most children time, know, isn't it? The older they get, the more they realise yeah, you know, the differences. And, and actually, you know, taking them travelling does expose them to a lot of other lifestyles that they don't get living here. To be very honest, they're yeah. only exposed to one type of lifestyle. Yeah. Um, Cultural living, education living is <laughs> as important as intellectual education. Yeah. So that's really awesome. Going back to your journey. So... I don't know if I've made this up, but did you study dentistry? I did. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you get to, you've got your two main businesses and I'm sure you've got many little side hustles Mm. going on as well. How did you go about building those? Did you just go, I'm going to do all of them at once or one was your main focus and then it progressed and how did you go from dentistry to here? Okay. So um, I studied dentistry because as I mentioned before, I wanted to do something that was, um, had art involvement and, um, science. And I thought, perfect. I knew my family dentist had a fantastic lifestyle. He took the whole of August off and went traveling. Um, he took the whole of December and January off and did heaps of stuff. And I thought, well, this is, this is for me. (laughs) That's what I want. (laughs) And, you know, he never received that stressed out. In hindsight, it's the most stressful job in the world. But I didn't know that at the time. Um, So I thought, well, that sounds great. And my parents gave me a few options. You know, do you want to do law, medicine, dentistry, or, you know, there wasn't much. Aside from that, they said, do whatever you want, but you need to be the best of whatever you want. Good job you okay. didn't want to be an artist like me. No, that's right. fine. I've got my sisters are artists. Oh, fine. good. No problem. Okay. They'll also support that, but you need to push yourself and be the best. Go to the best yeah. education in whatever it is you want to do. Yeah. Anyhow, so I did dentistry at King's College, and I knew already prior to that that what I wanted to do was facial aesthetics Mm. um it was back in the day when hardly anyone was doing it my mum was having some treatments she would have someone fly from Germany to Spain and they do would do all the women and I thought well that sounds like something I'd love to do because I do love beauty and yeah uh, looking at beautiful things and making beautiful things and I suppose that's an art in itself and uh, um you know my dad's an architect and now my whole family are interior designers and architects and they I just kind of 
felt that art side yeah. come through and I thought that sounds like something for me yeah. um, and the quickest way to that would be dentistry because in the UK you do a um, Bachelor of Dental Surgery mm-hmm. so you do a lot of surgery you do a lot of head and neck and you're straight into it so you do the first three years um, with, the, with the medics with medicine and then you kind of uh, branch off um, so it was a really quick route, or the best, I suppose, most thorough route for me. Mm-hmm. And in the UK, most dentists are inject, and they were the first people to get into it. Um, so that's why I did it. But it, I always had in mind that that was going to be my career anyway. I never really wanted to be a dentist. Yeah. Um, but I did do it for eight years after I graduated, whilst I built this business on the side. That's whilst I built a reputation, whilst I yeah. got a more training, whilst I got more experience, I didn't want to drop the thing that made me money. Of course. My nine to five. So I worked this on the side. So I did it in the evening or at the weekend. Yeah. Um, and then as he got busier, I obviously then dropped the dentistry because it made me extremely unhappy. Yeah. Um, being a dentist was not not for me. Um, and then in terms of the business, I had a business before I moved to Australia. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to Australia almost 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Had my kids, young kids. Um, and then eventually when Will, who's now six, was one, mm-hmm. I decided that this would be a great time while I had a four-year-old and a baby to not just, op- I, I was already working and I worked elsewhere, you know, I rented a room somewhere and didn't run my business from there, to why not open my own business and why not just have my own clinic, it'd be great. And at the same time, also, why not launch a skincare company oh and have my one-year-old and four-year-old? hormones. I'm uh, sure yeah, I just thought it was a great idea. Wow. Um, no problem. And I was building a house at, at the what? same time as well, renovating a huge job. But anyway, it actually worked out great. Yeah. Um, and it just so happened to be at the same time. And it wasn't deliberate. It's just how it, how it happened organically. Yeah. It was just the right time for me. Um, as I said, I was working elsewhere. I, I'm quite risk averse. So I like to try things at first. So I started working in another clinic. And as I built up a great That's reputation. That's refreshing to hear because I listen to a lot of podcasts on entrepreneurs and CEOs and business people and the general message is you've just got to take every risk out there. Like, just love risk and jump in feet first. And mm. so it's, you're one of the first people I've heard say, actually, I, I'm risk averse and I like to... Well, calculated risk. To, I yes. take calculated risk. I like to measure up and see how that's going to work. Do the math, you know. Yeah. Run the financials and then see if that's going to work out for me. Yep. Yeah. Because otherwise, I'm, there's no point. Yeah. Um, so it was the right time for me. I had a great um, patient base mm-hmm. I had a really good following I had a great reputation and I thought why am I paying someone to run my business from their business mm-hmm. whilst growing their reputation and not do it for myself that's the first reason and the main reason actually was because it didn't that business didn't represent me it wasn't run how I wanted mm-hmm. um, the customer service was not what I would like to provide yep. Even visually, it wasn't my aesthetic. Yep. And when they're coming in, they're buying your brand. That was not my brand. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, I'm going to... And where would I go as well as a customer in Australia, mm. in Perth? Where would I like to go? Well, there, isn't, there wasn't anywhere that I would like to go for treatments and um, get looked after. So I thought, well, there isn't anything out there. I'll just do it. And I'll do it yeah. better than what everyone else is doing. Oh gosh, I love it. <laughs> and the thing is, in Australia, it's quite easy because it's not like when you're in London and there's like 10 clinics down the road and the competition is really high. You know, to, to make a business succeed in, in Australia is a lot easier yes. than ever. In my experience, anyway. Yes, I found that as else. well because I came from a personal training, um, massage, kind of wellness background, just taking the limp, leap into full-time artist and art mentor and art therapist. But I was thinking gosh, this is so easy. Like I literally started a business with no advertising, Mm. word of mouth, just put on one boot camp that led to this one, to this one. And before I know it, I'm busy enough. Yeah, I'm not as driven as you because I probably love my hobbies too much and I spend too much time having fun at the beach. But um, yeah, I would agree. I think there because there's less people, but there's a lot of people coming in to Perth. Um, And people are excited. People are excited for new things. That's it. so I found it, um, I mean, look, I'm, it was a lot of work. I'm not going to lie. I was going to say, you're making <laughs> it sound like a piece of cake and I just woke up and here no, I was. But definitely what not. some definitely standout challenges? I'm assuming time management and prioritizing yeah. because starting two new businesses at the same time 
They probably could um, bounce off each other, complement each other. I did. That's what the way the I did main... it. I, I leveraged one with yes. the other one, which was yes. really a great idea yep. at the time and leveraged my well, client base. So that was obviously <laughs> you're going to do things like that if you can. Um, but, you know, I think it's just consistency, just showing up every day and yep. doing it day in, day out and not giving up and... I suppose even if you're moving a tiny bit each day, at least yep. you're moving forward. Yep. Um, so that, that's what I found starting out. I just had to keep doing it day, every day, every day yep. without a break initially yeah. um, and persevering. And it, eventually you get to a point you're like, wow, it's been three months and actually I've done quite a lot. And, yep. um, you know, there's huge growth. Yep. Um, but you don't see it every day. You don't see those milestones every single day. It's only when you look back after a period of time that you're like, oh, that was great. Yeah. But on the day-to-day, it can feel quite disheartening because, um, you know, I suppose anyone who has a business, it feels the same way. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get those wins every single day. Yeah. Every day you're just showing up to work and doing the thing and the same routine. But they do add up to a big success yeah. over time. You strike me as someone that focuses probably completely um, naturally now on the positive. You seem like an optimist. You seem like you see I've the opportunity. Like that. <laughs> that, yeah, but it's so important because people are either, I think, optimists or pessimists naturally. Correct, yeah. And for someone that could have been in the exact same position as you, would have focused on all the challenges. Because even mm. I asked you like a minute ago the question, what's the biggest challenge? You didn't even ask the question because <laughs> you went straight into what was some of the successes, which is awesome because it means that your brain isn't even registered to register, to like take note of the challenge. You're probably mm. like, oh, that's a little hiccup or that's a little lesson or an opportunity to grow, but it's not going to, yeah, it's not going to actually be a challenge that I'm going to give it time and energy more than it needs. Yes. I'm just going to focus on the positive. There are always challenges, but I find that those challenges are an opportunity yep. to grow and improve. Mm-hmm. So even if you have a negative review, say, you know, that's a huge opportunity to improve and yep. to learn from it. And so if you take that negative review as, you know, a criticism, mm-hmm. I suppose, and you take it to heart, you're not going to learn the lesson. You're going to do that same thing again. Yep. So any challenges that I suppose we do, I do come against, I'm a very positive person anyway, naturally, mm-hmm. and I'm an idealist as well, which sometimes is a bit crazy, and I think I drive people crazy because yeah. I have all these like great ideas and how they're going to happen, and then I definitely have people around me that bring me down yeah. <laughs> and say that's not possible. Um, and you'll say, I'll prove you wrong. No, and I'll say, I'll find a way. Yeah. You don't don't tell me it can't be done. It can't be done. In fact, find if you a way. tell me that, I'll make sure I'll find a way more. Yeah. yeah. And I do find, so within my team, I, I would say I... It's always good to have at least one realist that will mm-hmm. you know, keep tell you, you honestly and keep you grounded. And I do have that. Um, but I like to surround myself with people who are, have the same, um, on the same wavelength, who yeah. are very positive and they're yes people. And yes, we'll do that. And yes. And then we figure it out later. I always yeah. say yes to everything and then I'll figure it yeah. out later. Love it. Love it. <laughs> it's a bit crazy, but it does work sometimes. Um, on your team. So obviously you didn't used to have people working for you and with you. Was that a really challenging or tricky or scary kind of employing someone or it just felt natural and you um, managed to find the right people to fit the roles? The first one is a bit scary because you think, yeah. gosh, I'm bringing someone in. I'm responsible for that yeah. person. I'm not just responsible myself now. Mm-hmm. You know, if I don't make any money, that's not my problem. Yeah. But if you're doing that and then the other person, you bring them along, you're responsible for that person's lifestyle now and family and yeah. bills. So that's scary the first time. So you must... For me, I want to make sure it's the right person. Yeah. And for me, it was somebody who was already working with. I knew she was a great worker. Yeah. Um, and we were definitely in the same wavelength. So she was my first employee. Yeah. And she was just like a no dramas person. She mm-hmm. came, she did her job, she went home, no problem, got along well. She looked after her clients, I looked after mine. So it was super easy. Um, and then bringing other people to the team has been challenging at times. Have you had to advertise or is it mostly just yeah. word of mouth and um, people you meet or a bit both? Both. Yeah. But I almost always end up employing people who I either know or is a recommendation from someone. Mm-hmm. So I try and bring people in in my, not immediate circle, but um, sort of who I've 
well, I know a little bit, mm-hmm. so I kind of know if I'm going to vibe with them or not. Yeah. And I actually employ on that, on the vibe, more yeah. than the skills and the... Because you, you can know, upskill the, someone, correct. but you can't I change can, someone's correct. personality. Exactly. Yeah. So I can teach you almost everything, yeah. but I can't change your attitude. And oh my you gosh, can't, can you teach me all of the things, I like all of your ways, because I want to be <laughs> successful with sure, you. I can do <laughs> no problem. No, but um, you can teach skills, but mm-hmm. you can't teach attitude. Yeah. And if someone has the wrong attitude, it's just not going to work from the beginning. And it's really hard. And then it makes your job harder. So whenever I hire people, of course, I read the resume. I'm not going to interview you if you, your resume doesn't match mm-hmm. what we were advertising for. Mm-hmm. There are minimum requirements. But when you come to the interview, I actually never even look at the resume. I'm just like seeing if you we can get along yeah. and you have the right attitude. And if you do, then I hire people literally on that yeah. a lot. Uh it hasn't all so I didn't always do that. Yeah. Um, so I guess initially I made a few mistakes. Mm-hmm. Hired the wrong people at times. I've had to, you know, part ways with people. But I'm a lot better now. Um, I do quite enjoy that whole process of hiring someone, and it's quite exciting. You bring someone new to the team, new energy, new yeah. point of view. Um, so I have a really good team, but my team are really good because they all get along beautifully mm-hmm. um, because they are all on this, they all understand that this is not an individual job. You're there to help each other out. Yep. And if you don't do that, then you're not going to have someone to help you when you need it. And mm-hmm. so... Because um, is there an element of the structure of your team where they could potentially be in competition? Or, yes. Yeah, so they're yes. all offering slightly different health skin services and yeah yes and essentially part of the business not all of it but part of it is uh, people running a business within my business Mm. so they definitely are in direct competition you know but they don't work like that and actually it's quite interesting because whenever I employ someone new in that role um, they come with the attitude from their previous place which is I'm here to compete with everyone else and they get very confused so for the first I say month or two it's a bit rough Mm -hmm. because they don't get it they don't Mm -hmm. get that they're not there for themselves and they are going to lose out and initially it feels like you're losing out constantly but quickly I think it probably takes them about four or six weeks and they're Mm -hmm. like oh my god this is this is amazing this is actually how everyone should work this is not competition this is how we're here to help each other out and to complement each other and once they do that everyone wins and they see that and they thrive and Luckily, I've got high retention because they really enjoy working there. And for me, I my dream was always to just have a clinic where everyone collaborates. Mm-hmm. I'm not your. I mean, I am technically your boss, but I'm actually your colleague, and we're all here to work together and to complement each other and and work collaboratively. And I, I think that's why it works. Yeah, amazing. Um, in terms of your two separate businesses, do you have? I mean, I guess they're like your children, as mm-hmm. in a sense. But do you have one that you feel you're going to expand more, that you're more excited to grow? Do you feel like they're equally the same? You, have you got visions for either one that is exponentially bigger than what it is currently? So they're extremely diff- different. Yeah, actually, um, maybe just explain a little bit exactly what they are. because Okay, so one is an actual clinic, is yep. a physical space. Yep. And... You know, I have employees there that are providing services. Mm-hmm. Um, and the growth of that, I suppose, you either have another clinic or you expand your services. Um, so that one actually runs itself. It's, it's great. Um, the team are super committed and really loyal and they work really well together independently. So mm-hmm. it's a very easy business to run now um, because I have the right people. Mm-hmm. And I love them and they're fantastic. Um so that's one thing. Uh, in terms of growth for that one, I do have some plans, mm-hmm. but it involves a second space. Um, so that's in the works now. Um, because it's bricks and mortar and people, you know, there's only so, you can only grow so quickly. Yep. And I do want to keep it small because what I provide is not a chain service. Yes. Um, it's a very, very, very personalized service. When people come in, you almost become part of our family and we look after you mm-hmm. and we take it very seriously, mm-hmm. that relationship, and it's forever. Mm-hmm. Once you come in, you're our, you're our friend, uh, you know, you're our family and we, we take care of you. Whereas the um, skincare business is a product-based mm-hmm. um, business 
model, which is very different. Um, it's not those, although we do have great relationships with our customers and we provide a lot of aftercare, which is continuous, mm. rather than sell you the product and ask you to just go away and use I it. I can vouch for that because pers- oh. so the person I live with uses your product. Oh, so, um, yeah, great. absolutely. Oh, yeah. So, so we do keep in touch with those customers and mm-hmm. we're there for them should they have any questions everything so we provide that which is very different to other skincare brands yes. you usually get the sale and off you go so we do that but it's not a service that's direct service like one-on-one so we don't build those relationships mm-hmm. but so you can expand much quicker um and we we do we have grown a lot in the last four years mm. it's um it's a really really interesting business i saw you in the pe- um in a magazine who am I with? I have a, a subscription to a magazine. You've probably been in many magazines. I'll have to find out afterwards. Okay. Um, I read a lot of magazines, so yeah. I can't remember which one it is. But I was like, oh, wow, I know uh, that product and I know that person. Was it a, a pro- the product advertiser or, or the myself? Product. Oh, the product. Oh, and, it'd be lots. But there was a little bit of you as well. Oh, that was a photo I don't know. Maybe they'd know. used it without you. Recently. No, no, no. Definitely. I know um, I know everything that goes on. Don't worry. Yeah, a couple of months ago. Yeah, but. okay. It's in, lot, it's in lots of things. So we've got yeah. great great PR um, agency and marketing and stuff. So it's lots of places. So that's growing really fast and that's really exciting because the opportunities for that one are very different um so the team that work there are all awesome as well they're very invested in the business and they're all very experienced and knowledgeable and and they really run the business incredibly well considering that my involvement is more at the top level i'm not involved in that business day to day well i am but not in 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 the office as such um but that one's really exciting because we we do sell globally it's it's online Mm. um but we also now have partnered with clinics so we onboard clinics and they then sell the products for us, the, both, both the prescriptions on a recommendation basis. But also last year or this year, we launched a, um, a range of products that are non-prescription. So they are whole, retailed yeah. um, in clinics, yep. whereas the prescription stuff cannot be retailed in clinics because it's prescription only. So yes. we have to prescribe it, make it and, and deliver it to you. But in brief, what the business is, um, is prescription skincare because the ingredients that we use are highly active and they are ingredients that work to treat skin conditions but also to maintain the health of your skin yeah so they are suitable for absolutely anyone who has skin you don't have to have a condition it Mm -hmm. is to make your skin healthier the Mm -hmm. end game is to just have healthy skin when your skin is healthy it glows it's smooth it doesn't have too much pigment it doesn't have too much oil it doesn't break out that's healthy skin everybody wants healthy skin and Mm -hmm. everybody wants skin a bit healthier than what they have even if they have great skin Mm -hmm. so that's what our business is it's not really to do anything crazy it's just Mm -hmm. to make your skin really healthy and traditionally those products that work and are going to give you healthy skin are only available through a dermatologist through a prescription so you have to go to your gp get a referral hope that the gp is going to take you seriously enough for yeah. a bit of pigment or a little yeah. few few pimples then get a referral to a dermatologist if you then wait your six month wait or whatever it is to yeah. see a derm then you go and see them you spend more money do you know I, d- I went through this process this week i oh. went to a dermatologist after a few months mm. so i got in there fairly quickly um was charged $240 for nothing. And they didn't do it. I told them what I was dealing with. They looked at the photos and they said, okay, maybe book in for a patch test for $400. Yeah. I said, yeah. so so what have I paid for? Like, it didn't make any sense to me. There was no value add for me going to my appointment. And it was such a frustrating. If I had a severe, really, like, horrific, kind of itchy or unpleasant uh-huh. skin condition, which I don't, but if I did, yeah, um, I just imagine how awful that would be walking out with no yeah. added value, yeah. having paid for something that I didn't get anything back. I return. guess there's a level at which they kind of take it seriously because they are dealing with, you know, skin cancers and so on, mm. which is very serious. And, and yeah. I agree that that's what they should focus on. And I think there is definitely um, a time and a, an appropriate moments where you have yes. to refer to terms. And we definitely do that a lot. But if you have a few pimples and a bit of pigmentation, yeah. it's kind of a wasted process to yes. go to then find a derm that might take it seriously or might not and if they do they're going to then give you a product that you then have to take to any pharmacy who's going to compound it for you and I you know it will vary from pharmacy to pharmacy so we yeah. wanted to make these products more accessible to the did general you, population sorry to interrupt mm. did you do a um derm qualification or no. is that your business partner or I worked in so my business partner uh, Dr. Deb Cohen Jones she is a GP and yep. she works a lot with women's health and she's mm-hmm. an interest in dermatology and women's health and I myself in my clinic um, 
had been prescribing prescription skincare for 12 years mm-hmm. through another brand. Right. So cosmetic creams for pigmentation, acne, etc. So I had a lot of experience when I moved to Australia. Yes. And what, what I found is that the distribution of those products and the, the the general population accessing those products was really, really tricky. In the UK, it's a lot easier. Mm-hmm. In the States, it's a lot easier. In Australia, it was extremely difficult. And when I met Deb, um, we both realized that it, we it's know... It's a huge gap in the market. It's a huge gap in the market. Yes. No one is doing it. Amazing. No one. Yeah. Um, and so what we do is essentially you jump online, you mm-hmm. fill in a questionnaire. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't know what you need, which most people, if they're starting out, don't know what they need, you fill a questionnaire and it has a specific algorithm that will then, in the back matrix will recommend the correct product depending on the combination of answers that you've mm-hmm. input that then and then you get a medical questionnaire as well which we need um, in order to be able to prescribe anything we yep. need to check that you your appropriate candidate that then goes to our team mm-hmm. and we have three different teams that check the information um, so by the time it gets to the doctors everything's been already um, cross-checked mm-hmm for them, then the doctors will review every single form that comes in to make sure that the product that's been recommended is the appropriate one for you, and if not, make changes. If you're appropriate, then they will provide a script. That goes to a pharmacy. The pharmacy will then triple check it, Mm -hmm. and then they make the product, and then we ship the product directly to you. Um, So in that process, there is no consultation fee. You Mm -hmm. only pay for the product. Everything's built into the price of the product. Um, one uh, one jar is two hundred dollars. Lasts about six months. Um, three products so your day, your night, and your eye say, which mm-hmm. is a full everything. It's five hundred dollars. Lasts yeah. you five six months. Yeah. So for a hundred dollars a month, you have everything that you need, mm-hmm. appropriate for you. Every jar gets made by hand by somebody for you, Amazing. so it's customized to you. And there are no other fees. There's no follow up fees. If you have any questions, we can help you. The doctors can can um, you know um, be in contact with you. Um, and there is no consultation as such other than online, and that is all included in that. So not only is it accessible, but it's also affordable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the results we're getting are life-changing, and we've both worked with these results for years. It's, this is not a new thing. We're just making that more accessible. Yeah. But these ingredients have been around for decades. That's not We didn't invent them. Just, I wanted to ask about the results because... Obviously, you've said at the very beginning that you envisage a lifestyle for yourself and you've created that. But obviously, the absolute win, I'm assuming, is the results that people get and Mm. you being witness to that and you seeing the success stories and the people being able to walk outside confidently without a face of makeup trying to cover Mm. skin issues or they've just grown in self-esteem because they know they look and feel fantastic can you think of any off the top of your head of just examples maybe that have just blown you away and thought wow i've actually changed that person's life oh my life. gosh so many Probably hundreds so thousands many yeah and that is what drives you yes. even if it's tiring and even if it's hard work and even if you have to put yourself out there and even if you have to do difficult things that does drive you a lot yeah. um so yes i i've had so many people stop me in the street and say oh my god can I just tell you something? I, yeah. I used to skincare and like it, you changed my life. Like yeah. I used to have this and that. Every shop I go to, like it just it happens all the time, and I I love that. It makes me feel great. You yeah. know, it's very satisfying. It's very rewarding. I've had people. I remember early on we had one lady. So so prior to moving here and creating the, the secret skincare, mm-hmm. I was already doing it in the UK, right? right? So I already had an experience of people coming in saying, wow, this is amazing, my skin's brilliant. Yeah. But the process I was using it was much more expensive yeah. and complicated yeah. so and aggressive. So this is improving all those things. And I remember when we first started, um, one of our patients, she, she'd come in and she, um, she was actually an anaesthetist, she was a doctor and she um, is from Sri Lankan descent and she had really really bad pigmentation really bad melasma and she'd struggled with it for 30 years she'd had cancer and from the chemotherapy um she had gotten the pigment had gotten much much worse and she'd gone through every treatment you know being a doctor she'd researched everything she'd done everything she'd done every type of treatment she could think of she spent thousands tens of thousands of dollars and she came to us and we said look we can't promise that it will help, but let's give it a go. It's an yeah. inexpensive way and it's a simple method. So let's just try it and, um, and see how we go. Within eight weeks, she came in and she looked like a different person. By six months, it was like not, she didn't have a trace of pigment left. Wow. And she, 
is so emotional when she tells you. She actually became mm. one of a you know kind of spokesperson. We did an interview with her, and like that we have we have many, and we do lots of these kind of interviews. And she's continued to use it, and the pigment stayed away. And she's just she's a different person. She's yeah. grown in confidence. She's super happy. She doesn't have to wear makeup. And like that, I can tell you, I, so many people, especially acne, yes. you can't cover acne up. Often it's, it's a really tricky, tricky situation. We do treat teenagers as well. Yep. People who, you know, you don't necessarily want to go on Rakitane or antibiotics. Sometimes you have to, and yes. it's not an option. Both my sisters, I've got twin sisters, beautiful. They're like taller than me, giraffe, stunning, like yep. slimmer than anything, gorgeous. Both suffered with really bad acne. And as soon as they started getting acne, they were on Rakitane and the whole treatment crippled their confidence and they've mm. never been the same since yeah. just because of the skin on their face it's completely yeah. changed how they approach life how they walk yeah. around in the world and because they now have scarring yeah they've they've never returned to that pre-acne confidence yeah. that they used to just like walk into a room and just glow yeah heads would turn you're like whoa it's tricky twins. it's tricky yeah. and we all we've all experienced that even if you have one pimple you're like oh, yeah. i think everyone's yeah. looking at my pimple you think it's like the yeah. largest thing on the yeah. planet and in everyone, fact i walk yeah. into a room and go oh my god look at my pimple yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. did you notice yeah. So, um yeah. it can be um it can erode people's confidence and i yeah. think if we can help in any way even if it's 20 percent better yeah. um it does make a big difference How, but the results that we get are probably 90 percent better yes um if not completely cleared and that's, um, that's very evident if you look at the before and after images. All our images that we share are um, they're, um, kind of user-generated. So all our uh, patients yep. will send in the photos because they're in shock themselves. Yeah. They just they, they write you these beautiful emails and they're like, oh, my God, I just need to share this with you. This is me in the beginning. And look at me now. I'm just so confident. Thank you so much. He's just changed. I've told everyone. Yeah. So we've kind of grown through word of mouth. And um, I did want to touch that. on that a little bit because obviously the product itself is awesome and it fills a gap in the market and it's done huge things just because it's so good. It's so mm. successful in its own right. From a business perspective, slightly changing mm -hmm. the focus of the conversation, did you have to invest loads in marketing no. and PR or it just sold okay. itself because it's just... This is how it went. Yeah, tell me, please. So both of my businesses actually didn't require any investment. And I think that's a beauty sometimes. I like to have great ideas and I like to have ideas that don't require investment. Yes. That's my thing. Yeah. And I do jump at opportunities. So the opportunity with creating The Secret was just off the cuff. I never intended to do it. And it yeah. just happened. And I can see an opportunity when, you know, when there is one. Yeah. Um, so the way it happened is that we wanted to create a product. Traditionally, these ingredients are sold separately. So you have, um, you know, say your hydroquinone, tretinoin, vitamin C separately, because when you mix them, they break down. So you get four creams mm -hmm. and you have to mix them at home and, and mm -hmm. put it on. It's laborious. It's expensive. Mm -hmm. You know, so people don't want to do it. So we want to create one that you just give one jar mm -hmm. and then you put it on, you go to bed and you wake up and you have green skin. Mm -hmm. um, so it took a lot of formulating because mm -hmm. it is really difficult to get a formula that doesn't break down. And initially, the formula broke down after three weeks. Then we managed three months, but in the fridge. Then eventually three months outside the fridge. And now we have stability testing, 12 months Even plus. Even in Australia, ladies and gentlemen, where it's 40 <laughs> degrees. <laughs> yep, outside well. the fridge for... Um, yeah, I wouldn't leave it the heat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, up to twelve months, um, no problem. But we recommend you use it in six months anyway for the yeah. full efficacy. Yeah. Um, so we created just one product. We didn't go, oh, let's do a product line with thirteen products. We just mm -hmm. thought, let's make one product. And yeah. If that's amazing, let's just see how it, where it takes us. Yeah. Uh, again, lower risk. So you don't need if you're going to launch a business, you don't need ten products. You need to do one really good one and then mm -hmm. see where that goes. So we did one. It was only available in our. Um, in my clinic mm -hmm. um, so patients Deb and I would um, would ask the patients to come in and they'd either pick it up from myself or from Deb and it just started like that um, and we, when you sell one cream then you use the money to buy two and then with that you sell, buy, use the mm -hmm. money to buy four and so on mm -hmm. the same with the with injectables you have one vial of Botox you do two patients with that money you buy two vials of Botox and, mm -hmm. and so on so the, you don't necessarily need a huge outlay and the same for the prescription skincare because it's um, a product made to order mm -hmm. you take the order yeah. you make the product and then you, you then you dispense the product so you get the payment you make the product you essentially the middleman mm -hmm. so again what I'm seeing the investment is in all of what you've just talked about is not money, 
is your knowledge and the time. And that goes right back and the time. <laughs> but that goes right back to the beginning where you're saying education is mm-hmm. what's really got you here. And obviously formulating your your four products into one cream and think that's using your brains. That mm-hmm. the investment of knowledge and time. I mean, obviously, yes, a little injection of, of money is gonna is gonna help, but no, literally, initially, we had no money. We didn't need any money because what yeah. did we need money for? Because it's paying for itself. Now we do need. <laughs> now, um, now that we've launched the base range, which is non prescription, we bulk manufacture yes. that. So that requires investment into the yeah. business. But because we've had the business for four years, we've reinvested all the money into development of further, yeah. further products, packaging, PR, marketing. So now we do spend a huge amount of money on PR and marketing, whereas yeah. initially it was all word of mouth. And it was actually, that's why it's called The Secret, because we made one cream and then another, blah, blah, blah. And then um, all the women of the Western suburbs starting to start to walk around with beautiful skin and glowing and people would go oh my god your skin's amazing what's your secret yeah. or they'd oh, say that's so good. yeah or they would get, yeah. go you know gosh you look great and then oh it's a secret you know so yeah um and then the the papers wrote an article and it was something about the the secret of the western suburbs yeah and we stopped and we we're like oh you know we should just call it the secret. Oh, so it wasn't called that initially. That no, wasn't called anything. No, cream, and cream. then I said to Deb, I said, we should, I think we should call it the secret. Uh, I think initially everyone was like, really? Thinking, yeah, this is great. Let's call it the secret. And then we could just do, do you, do you want to hear a secret? Can you keep a secret? I mean, the marketing is it's huge. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. So it's been really, really good um, in terms of that. Um, and my sister helped me with the branding. She's a graphic designer. Yeah. So I definitely pulled favours with people that could help me with things like yeah. that. Yeah. It's always about getting the right people to do the right jobs. Leverage, um, for sure. I yeah. think for people that are starting out, and I'm obviously at the very start of my business kind of journey, you're, you're very much flourishing. Oh. Not at the end, but um, you know, <laughs> on your, your own merry way. Um, but it's about leveraging because sure. I, for many years, have just tried to do it on my own because I, I feel like people can't, be accountable or they're not as passionate or it's they don't understand what I'm trying to do so it, or it's just too hard and takes too much time to educate someone on how mm. I want it to be done so whatever I'll just do it all on my own but actually you get to a point you can't like do everything you, on yes, your own you needed to have your first employee and now you're on to 20 and, and you don't have the skills to do everything absolutely. on your own you really don't and so for me you know what the most important thing I employ the right people for the right job yeah so actually my job is really to just kind of manage everything keep everyone happy but yeah, yeah but my, my job Cohesive. is yeah I really believe in employing the best person that you can afford yeah so I put a lot of money and time into employing the right people yeah. and then I delegate 99% because <laughs> you know what you're good at and you know what yeah. you people need. yeah you are yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so I do believe in that I think early on Definitely, if you're going to bring someone along, just make sure it's the right person for your business. And if yeah. it doesn't feel right, you you know you can part ways and don't don't stick with people for too long who you know are the wrong fit for your business. Yeah. But definitely, don't believe that you can do everything. You have to try and do a bit of everything initially. I did it all my own marketing, my own branding, my own everything. Yes. My I built two whole websites from scratch. Yeah. I did all my own social media. Yeah. I did my own photos. I did my own everything. Um. I. Don't do any of those things now, but I did it for a long time. But that's good doing it all because it makes you find out what your strengths and weaknesses are. And And what you you want. Get it your way. Yeah. And then when you bring someone on, you say, this is how I want it. But you're the expert, so can you give me your advice on how you would improve it? Yeah. But with your vision, you have to keep your vision. You have to be really clear about your vision. I think that's number one tip. Yeah. It's I just, think this episode should be called Vision because that's what you said at the start. As an eight-year-old girl, you had the vision to have a lifestyle mm. and here you are living the lifestyle oh. and that's off the vision that you had. And lucky you for having that vision. Oh. But also incredible that you've put in the hours of work and dedication and commitment and time and the learning. And you obviously, I think, nature, nurture, that's a debate for another time. It's obviously... You've been born with this drive and this this desire to succeed, probably nurtured a little bit by your upbringing mm. and your parents going, go on, be the best in your field. But it's really been an inspirational story and I've really enjoyed listening to um, how you've gotten to here. And thank you so much for sharing that with anyone that's listening today because I think there's so many nuggets of wisdom we can all take. And to be honest... Um, I was a little bit intimidated to have you on because oh, I was like, you're so successful. And no, so, like, don't say that. Just like perfection. I think I'm super um, friendly. You're super friendly, but it is, 
when you see someone succeeds as much as you have it's hard to relate but um so to use that as inspiration rather than oh my gosh I'll never be able to get there but actually you've explained it so well that I think it's it's not rocket science it's just bloody hard work having a passion believing in yourself and having a vision and sticking to your vision and just having it really clear I just think I really believe in picturing exactly what you want and look the route might change and you might change paths along the way but the vision needs to remain and you need to be really like crystal clear about what your vision is and what you're really there for because when things go wrong you really need to like refocus back on your vision and things will go wrong Um, but I think if you keep that in mind that this is your end goal and you're doing it for a reason um, I think that really helps Um, and I also believe in being generous with your time and with your um, with yourself so whether it's and coming here today, or, yeah. you know, whatever it is, you know, helping people or along the way, other people that might have questions. I I actually really enjoy doing that. I really love yeah. that. And I have had people help me along the way. And I believe in doing that for other people in any way that I can. It might not always yeah. be possible. I don't always have all the answers. But if there's any way that I can, I do I do believe in doing that for each other. Yes. I don't think you need to be a Buddhist to believe in karma. What you give out will come back. True. And if you don't give anything, then you're not going to get much back so yeah I think it's a lovely place to end did you want to give I mean we'll put all the information about your offerings alongside this but did you want to say anything final or one last plug or anything words of wisdom or anything at all um I guess you know what I think uh, since we're going down the business route I think anyone starting out and being an entrepreneur I think it's extremely lonely um sometimes you're you're doing it on your own and you think that you're the only one that's failing or you know you're Mm -hmm. not doing things right and I think sometimes Mm -hmm. it can be really difficult um but just to know that everyone has gone through that. No one, I mean, it might seem easy. It probably seems like, oh my God, and she just got there and it's a great life. Yeah. That's not the case. Don't you think I also went through that? Of course I did. And I've cried lots of times yeah. and sleepless nights and wanted to give up and giving up and then starting again. And I think it's just completely normal. I think everyone goes through that. It's just that maybe that's not what's pictured and yeah. Uh, maybe that's people people are seeing the the end result and they're not seeing all the process along the way but just know that <laughs> that that's happened for everyone i don't really think there's anyone that's become successful in their field that hasn't gone through all those really tricky times yeah. um so i think for anyone else listening who's might be in that situation now and feels a bit lonely i think it's i think you should try and reach out to people and there's yeah. always people who are help um, willing to mentor other people mm-hmm. and people who've walked your path before yeah. and yes some people are a bit tight and might not share how they did it but I think there's a lot of people out there that would yeah. so always just I just think my advice is just to reach out to anyone who you think might be able to help you all they can say is no brilliant thank <laughs> you so much no that is wonderful that's I can really relate to what you've just said there and I'm sure everyone else can and that's really um, honest and humble as well because I think a lot of people who get to the top or who are very successful pretend that it's just been a breeze and I'm amazing and I've just made it happen because I'm so great but that's really wonderful that you've shared the honest side of business development thank you thank you thank you so much wonderful thank you so much everybody take care and I will tune in next time bye